Hello, this is Joe Peters of In the Know with Joe. I'm a Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage, and I interview on my podcast, In the Know with Joe, a lot of interesting people that affects the various people that I'm doing business with. In today's interview, we're going to talk with the Managing Director of Money Matters USA, Fred Sade. He has an interesting background, and his practice focuses on the highly specialized area of decumulation versus accumulation of funds. In the decumulation phase, it's where you're going to start arranging to take down the money that you've accumulated over your lifetime and either prepare for or live out your retirement. Please look us in. I think you'll find it of great interest. We are on the air, Fred. How you doing? It's Joe Peters, a Colder Banker, talking with Sir Fred Sade of Money Matters USA. I can remember that because it says up the, on the bottom of his, <laughs> his audio. But it's a, so Good tell you. us tell us a little about Fred and tell us a little about Money Matters USA so that we know who we're talking to. Right. Um, Money Matters USA, its, its purpose and its focus is entirely in the deaccumulation stage that happens at some point where you are thinking about retirement, you're getting serious about retirement, you are in retirement, and you have to figure out, uh, what am I going to do with this money? How am I going to get income? And that's, that is an interesting question. So I always ask people, do you know how much money it will take for you to retire comfortably and stay required comfortably for a long period of time? That's a, great, people, that's a great place to start because I don't think anybody has an answer to that. Let's that's get absolutely little, right. Let's they get don't. a little into your background first, Fred. <laughs> sure. Uh, I started out... Uh, teaching. I taught at uh, a number of universities, my alma mater, Duke. I taught at um, the main campus, the Ohio State University. I taught at the University of North Carolina at uh, Greensboro. And then uh, I decided that um, I was bored teaching and uh, decided to go into the consulting world. And I did that and I got bored with that. I wound up being the chief operating officer of a Wall Street uh, brokerage firm. And when that got sold out, uh, I then went back into consulting with Unisys Corporation on the knowledge base side. And then when Unisys exited knowledge base consulting, I then decided that I didn't want to work uh, for somebody else doing what I'd been doing. And I thought it was time for a new chapter. And uh, Money Matters USA is that uh, new chapter. Then I had to make another decision that I want to be in the accumulation space or the deaccumulation space. Now, if you right. go to any search engine, you're going to find tons of people who who are doing accumulation, and some of them do it very, very well. But I that's not the space that I decided to go in because when I looked at deaccumulation, I didn't find very much. So I said, aha, that's the space for me. So that's where my focus is. It's the difference between a cardiovascular surgeon, cardiothoracic surgeon, and a neurological surgeon. The neurological surgeon is very highly trained, does only one thing, 
and a cardiothoracic surgeon, a cardiovascular surgeon does something else. They they don't interchange. So They're I mutually that, exclusive, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I decided I'm not going to be a generalist. I'm I'm going to be very narrow and very deep. And I decided that I can help some people. And I can help them a lot, but I can't help other people because I don't do what they want well, somebody well, to do. You can't be everything to everybody. It's a well laid out thought process. You you said you taught, so you have an advanced degree. I believe you have a PhD. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's in uh, economics uh, from from Duke. From Duke. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and, nice, nice credentials. Um, so Money Matters USA is your own company, or is it part yeah, of? Yeah, it's 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 my it's my own. I have I have a couple of other planners in here, but they are not in the deaccumulation space. I have one planner who works with people who are younger than the ages that I do. I, I work with 50 to about 70, 78. Um, and he he works with younger uh, people in their 30s, 40s, uh, who have other concerns. Uh, usually uh, funding for college education is, is the biggest thing, uh, right. a house. Uh, they're not the last thing they're thinking about is is retirement. And then I have another fellow who uh, works in the wealth management uh, space so that we can compete. Uh, we don't win all the time, but but we compete uh, for people who have twenty five million and up in 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 assets. Uh, my my range is age fifty to seventy six, seventy eight. And and I really am working with people who have up to about 10, 15 million uh, in assets. After after that, other fellow uh, will step in and, and work with because uh, that's really the wealth management. So what's your uh, what's your entry point? A lot of financial people need a certain amount to be interested in the business. Yeah, well, I if you are in the Midwest, uh, I will work. With um, we work with in about twenty six states uh, now, and and that's heavily pandemic induced because we we, we can do virtual conferences. Right. Uh, so uh, if you're in the Midwest, um, I'll work with you somewhere between six hundred and seven hundred and fifty thousand. If you're sitting here in the Northeast, uh, I really prefer that you be above one million okay. dollars. Uh, be, because my my process uh, it usually takes five to six meetings, and and that's over an extended period of time. So that's an right. awful lot of work and time, and and so I have an investment uh, in in working with you, just as you have in working with me, and and so I it, it's very hard to do that uh, when you have uh, you know three hundred thousand dollars. That's that's not we 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 are we have too too many services and too much process right. uh, for somebody it, at that level and and people have to understand up front um there's discount people and there's professional people and i know um uh, we talked a little about before we got started but uh the accumulation side of it is much different than the distribution side of it and when you get into the distribution side of it you're getting into things like taxes and yeah uh, how much they need for how long and and that's where you get going you're located in bridgewater if i remember right 
Yes, uh, we're, I'm, I'm physically in Bridgewater, and I have a couple of satellite locations, one in Short Hills and and the other in Cranford. But, um, you know, I can meet virtually, so I have the opportunity to use space in, in other parts of the of the state, but I I find that uh, people generally are, are perfectly willing uh, to meet with you virtually. Occasionally, they they do want to meet with you uh, a few times face to face during the right. course of the process, and that's absolutely no uh, no problem uh, okay. at, so, at all. And if uh, I remember, you said you actually have talked with people in Europe and and out of the area. Yes, well, wow. that's that's true. Uh, the uh, the podcast that we do, uh, Money Matters USA with, with Fred Said, uh, we uh, get listeners all over the world, uh, and we did uh, radio and uh, video, and we get people, uh, usually American expatriates, uh, right. frequently ex-State Department, you know, Foreign Service uh, offices, sometimes they're um, uh, business people, but usually they have married uh, a, a, a someone who is uh, a citizen of, of that country, right? Uh, you, you, uh, where we're pretty. Uh, it's primarily where we seem to be drawing is, is France, Germany, and and uh, Italy. Those are the three countries that we seem to get the most resonance with, and and it's, and usually they're uh, American citizens, and they have to pay U.S. taxes. They have U.S. source income. And uh, this the spouse is foreign national, and um, they have part of their assets in U.S. dollars, and they want to know uh, what what should they uh, do. Uh, I have someone that I work with who is an attorney who's a specialist uh, in uh, tax treaties, and uh, and and advises them and me on on how we should react or treat uh, different different assets and also uh in terms of the estate planning uh that that needs to uh be done we also have some clients who are in the uk but uh, generally speaking they have a lot of their us dollar assets are invested uh, through uh the bank of uh, through uh, the isle of man uh, and usually a bank at, at the Isle of Man uh, custodies there. And that's a big financial clearing area, I understand, for the UK. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, there's no limitation really on uh, on US dollars uh, uh, there. And it's uh, and we also have clients who have assets in in Luxembourg. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, don't ask any questions about that because we also have clients who have assets in Panama, and I don't ask questions about, right. you know, about about that. Um, but these these are, uh, we do have clients that have uh, uh, res have a you know vacation or another home in Bermuda. Bermuda has a tax treaty uh, with the uh, U.S. Treasury, so that that's very easy for us to. Uh, to, uh, to deal with uh it's, it's almost the same as as dealing with uh okay. u.s scientists so you're, you're located locally in somerset county but you deal with people anywhere really yeah. um as long as part of their assets are, are u.s monetary based 
And yes. the, the average size you're looking for in the Northeast would be a million up. And if you're into the Midwest where the economy isn't as robust, you might drop down another 25, 35 percent uh, for the right yes. client. Oh, yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Because you, you can retire very comfortably on between 600 and 750,000 because the cost of housing is right. is uh, significantly less in the Midwest. And, and um uh, food prices are pretty close to what you're going to pay here. Gasoline may be a little less, but the uh, cost of living is is uh, is 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 significantly um, lower because of some of the other you know costs that that we just accept. Also, taxes tend to be a bit lower, uh, so it, it it makes up the difference. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't have to be careful. At six hundred and fifty or seven hundred thousand dollars, you do. You don't have a lot of margin right. uh, for error, but you can you can live a very comfortable uh, life. And a lot of those folks uh, do relocate uh, eventually to a warmer uh, climate and and a no tax uh, state. So it, it does make a difference, and then they have fresh capital. Uh, from the sale of their uh, primary uh, residence, uh, and sometimes it, it, it could, yeah, it could be a delayed transition. Uh, sometimes it depends if there's an age difference between the spouses, and one spouse is retired, and the other one still has to work a few more right. uh, years yeah. uh, in order to affect, uh, and you know, so they don't have to claim early on social security, uh, so they they can they have the income. So I'm I'm I got about 18 thoughts running together, but I want to have <laughs> you do most of the talking. Um, I, I'm just started reading a book by Steve Case, is it that was America Online? Yeah, and uh, he is talking about the re- the other other than the three development areas, which are Boston, New York, and California. Why can't we do startups in some of these areas where the cost of living is a lot less and it would take a lot less to get a startup going? And secondly, the local companies like Detroit or Indianapolis or even smaller cities. It's fascinating, but uh, we live in the most expensive area of the country. And we think yes. everybody's paying the same thing that we are, and we're not. And that's why so many people, I mean, Florida is the number one migration out area from yeah. our area right now. And yeah. it's really become a political volleyball down there over it because uh, it seems to be working. But what, I mean, I'm looking at the stock market and I'm saying you can't look at it from a day-to-day viewpoint because on a given day, it could be up 10% from the week before. I mean, we were at at... 10% less in the last 30 days than we are today. We've had a couple of good days. They say October is usually a good month, especially right before yes. election. Um, but people are, one size doesn't fit all. I keep hearing, and I saw it in your write-up as well, where people say, unless you need the money tomorrow, write it out. It's going to come back. And you're, yeah. you're saying is that, it doesn't fit all because even though that may be good advice, it may not be the right advice for you as a near retirement or a retired person. That's that's exactly right. The if if you like the positions, the things that you own, then you shouldn't get rattled uh, just because we're in a crisis right now. 
you could there are so many time periods that that you can take and you can prove that the market went down eventually it came back you didn't earn anything other than to get back to where you started from and then the market advanced you know i see articles all the time next 90 days the market is going straight down or the market <laughs> is going straight up it it never goes straight down and it doesn't go straight up the, the market is like uh the rockies it it has peaks and it has uh valleys and um it, it's always going to gyrate uh you know like uh you know like a hula uh, dancer uh, that's the way the market is so it becomes a question of uh, how do you understand uh risk because volatility is not the same as risk you need volatility volatility will actually help you it can also hurt you but but you do need that volatility it's it's like uh think think of volatility as the um, you have a jet plane it's on a carrier and it has and it has a catapult on it and boom they it it gets you up to speed so that you don't stall and and then you the engines kick in and right. and you take off well that's volatility i mean uh, the, you need it and so risk is risk is a whole other animal and i find that if you are in retirement or you're or you're near retirement you really have to understand what your personal risk is because if the if the market the the, the market can go down we we just saw well not just but when the, it, during the at the start of the pandemic in 30 days the market went down one percent a day now that's unheard of. The market has never done that before, and it's never done that since. So, I mean, it was a spectacular event, but the market came back. So, in one sense, the current crisis, yeah, it does. It really doesn't matter. How many people remember what happened from two thousand seven to two thousand? Uh, nine. Uh, and then this talk that we are in an existential crisis, the world is going to end. That's silly. Uh, we we have crises all the time. They, they take different forms, but they, we, they happen all the time. As far as elections go, really doesn't matter who gets elected. The, the the more I've seen innumerable studies and, and the markets will dip and then they'll go back up again as though there was no uh, election. Uh, what What is an issue, an important issue, is inflation. There's no way to get around that. Paul Volcker killed inflation, and for 40 years we had no inflation. And, and um, now we, we do, and inflation is terribly dangerous. I mean, it, it destroys dreams it destroys life it destroys your plans it, it's it's just a thief it steals from your assets it steals from your wallet it's just terrible and what and, and the only way that you can deal with the way Volcker dealt with it that is to increase interest rates and the interest rates are just going to have to go up and it doesn't really matter what Wall Street says or what some professors say about halting, stopping, breathing, whatever, the, the interest rates have to get above the 
inflation rate. That's basically what Milton Friedman taught us. And it's it's still true. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the economy has changed, but so what? You still you still have to crush uh, inflation. So nobody knows what the correct interest rate is going to be. The Federal Reserve doesn't know. The chairman doesn't know. The members of the Open Market Committee don't know. Wall Street doesn't know. The professors who are talking don't know. Nobody knows. The only thing we do know is you have to control inflation. So when I, the the historic rate of inflation long-term has been 3%. So when I ask people um, how much money will it take to retire comfortably, and they they say they don't know, well, I'm gonna use 3% inflation and because we're talking about a future value, I'm going to use a 4% discount on the value of money. And that is going to get us to where we have to go. Now, a, a all the research on longevity has been done on heterosexual couples. We don't know, we, we don't have good numbers at this time on, on same gender couples. So what I'm about to say applies to a heterosexual couple, a a husband and a wife. The most common retirement age in the United States is still age 62. A husband and wife in average health, you don't have to be super health, just average health. As long as you do not smoke, if you smoke, what I'm about to say uh, won't work. But if you do not smoke, you have a life expectancy of 30 years. Now, over 30 years, at 3% interest and a 4% discount rate, money will have to grow by 3.4% approximately. Basically, it has to triple in order to have constant dollar purchasing power. So that's the that is the battle that that we are that we are fighting and it has nothing to do with check how much money you have against your age uh, you need this amount of money none of that is relevant what is relevant is just what i said if you have 30 years of uh, of expectancy that's what your longevity is if you don't smoke uh, then you're going to expect that you need 3.4 times the the income value. Uh, that's what you have to grow your income to in order to have the same dollar purchasing power out in the future that you have right. today. And that's the number that we use. I, we, we were using, at one point, clients were asking us to use 7%, 8%, 9%. Well, we did it, at, we did it as, as an alternative case, but y- you, you get to such you know, gigantic numbers, it doesn't make sense. So we've gone back to 3% long-term inflation. I I have every belief that uh, the Federal Reserve will eventually uh, get us back to that historic uh, rate of of, of inflation and and we'll be able to live our lives. Uh, And and, and that's, um, and it's not gonna matter, you know, it, it's not going to matter which party uh, is is in control. It, the The Federal Reserve is going to do what what it's going to do because it's too dangerous not to to do to to let inflation uh, run rampant. We we don't want to want to be we don't want to be paid in script 
and and, and right. given a lunch break of two hours to go out and, and and get whatever we can get because the money will be worth less at at five or six uh, <laughs> o'clock. We we don't want to we don't want to be in Central Europe no, not, in the nineteen twenties. Not Moscow, anyway. <laughs> not picking no, at I, Russia, but I, when you say that, I can think of how how that uh, played out with some of the stories I've heard. So once again, this is Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker. I do a lot of general interest podcasts like this, and I'm talking with Fred Sade from Money Matters USA. Fred could be reached at 908-791-3831. Did I get the number correct? Yes, you did. Okay, and we'll repeat that a time or two, but all of his contact information and all of how to get in contact with him, including emails, will be on the site for this podcast when we have it published. So, Fred, it's we, we've defined that accumulating money is much different than deaccumulating money or using right. it to retire with. I, I work with clients. I remember two years ago and I said, inflation is coming. And they looked at me and young, 30 years old, and they didn't remember the 70s and the 80s and go through what we went through. And yeah. um, it's amazing from where we came two years ago till now with the numbers that are up. And I think the thing that's scary to me is, yes, the Fed is doing what needs to be done, but it seems to be. It's a reiterative process. They're trying a little bit. They're seeing what happens. They're trying a little bit. They're seeing what happens. And in effect, they didn't know when to start trying. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball, if not a lot behind the eight ball, depending on which yes. kind of political outlook you've got. But I agree with you on a politics. Politics are always going to be here. The issue you've got is you're ready to retire. You're 62 years old. You're not a smoker. You probably have, and usually the male's a little older than the female, but yeah. you've got probably got 30 years left and you've got so much in assets and it, it comes really in, in market accumulation and 401 accumulation, which most of this is in the market and your real estate, you may have some other assets, but you, you take all of that to Fred and he puts it into a analysis and analysis of how much are you going to need to retire? How much do you have using these numbers somewhere between three and 4%? Do you have enough? And uh, that's sort of the game plan in a sentence or two, but it's much more complex. As you said, you need four, five, six sessions with a person to really get a good grasp on it with them. Yeah, you 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 do because you have to you have to get to some common ground. Uh, the 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 research shows us that that people are more afraid of losses, and are they 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 losses hurt more than than whatever value they get from from a gain. So if I if I take a person and say say for the sake of argument. Someone has two million dollars in, in their uh, investment accounts, not counting their home, cars, whatever, and they gain another million dollars. So they have three million dollars. Is that going to dramatically change their lifestyle? So maybe they buy, you know, another thing. Maybe they go on another trip, but it doesn't make material difference to their right. lifestyle. If they lose a million dollars, now they have one million dollars, and that is going to uh, impact their their lifestyle. So, 
the the quite the we have to look at how much risk the individuals are taking and we uh test the husband and the wife separately because they may have very different concerns uh, some sometimes uh, they get into real battles and they say we have to go home and argue this out and and then we'll come back with the decision at our, at our next meeting um the the other the other thing is we have to have an agreement on on how much they are willing to lose because the the amount of time that it takes to to recover now the market may recover in in 9 months or 15 or 18 months doesn't mean that their portfolios are going to recover in that same time uh, space let's say they're overweight um financials or overweight uh, technology uh, that that could take the last time that happened that, that was between 8 and 11 years to recover and um and financials have never recovered uh, because the, the gain has been 1% a year uh for for the last um you know 15 16 years so uh, the the issue then is to get an agreement on on how much they are they are willing to lose if we can keep that loss you know roughly between 10 11 12 percent that's that's a reasonable uh, uh amount to recover in, in a relatively short time period because if you are you're in retirement you don't have that fresh money coming in that you can uh, throw in and and recover you are you're sitting there with a fixed amount and and you have to make that that amount last now you, you do want to grow it uh, but you can't. You can't say I'm. I'm. You can I can't go. You know, academically, you you can argue uh, equities 100% all the time. Go to an 85 year old man and and say, or or husband and wife, and say you need to be 100% in equities. Get rid of all your bonds, all your fixed income. You don't need that. Just be 100% equities. They're not going to do that. Right. No, they're they're going to they're going to say. Get out of here and don't let the door hit you too hard on your way out. Right, right. So, yeah, uh, theoretically, you can build a model and some people have that works. But in the real world, it does not work. So you have to have a way to, to limit to limit losses. The other thing is that there are some things that you can protect yourself against. And there are things that you can't protect yourself against. You cannot protect yourself against uh, politics. You can't protect yourself against legislative uh, changes. You you have to you you can do some things to protect yourself on the tax side. It becomes more and more difficult once you become uh, RMD required minimum distribution eligible. That start that starts to limit your uh, your abilities here. The other thing on the tax side. Is um, the, the 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 combination of ordinary income or capital gains uh, with Social Security uh, leads to something called the tax bazooka, and that gets you over fifty percent uh, taxation on a certain portion uh, of your of your assets, and you're trying to avoid the tax bazooka for as long as you possibly can, and and that that. Uh, requires you to, to have some kind of social security deferral strategy so that you don't have to deal with it. Now, eventually you have to 
deal with Social Security. So that you have fewer tax planning opportunities uh, once once the Social Security uh, is uh, is in play. But it doesn't mean that you can't do anything. But but tax tax risk is is very very uh, real, and you have to worry about uh, about your longevity uh, because it's one. I can say to you that you've got a thirty year window, but what happens if you live thirty five? What happens right. if one spouse dies prematurely, uh, and the other spouse lives another fourteen, fifteen, sixteen? years uh that's all of that is is possible uh i know in my wife's family they live uh her family they live to 98 so uh, i'm <laughs> yeah i'm guessing that that she will outlive me by a considerable uh amount of uh amount of time <laughs> well, i know you know more much more about this than i do i know from talking to other people over time that tax you're going to pay the taxes eventually the government's got it set up and that's what rmd is all about but if you in effect don't now have to take start paying that to 72 you have 10 years before that starts to have happen and yeah. then at the same time if you start taking social security early versus later social security bills by eight percent a year for every year you don't take it's almost can double sure. between those 10 years so yeah a lot of aspects to it to make sure that you're you're taking the right money at the right time in order to eliminate the tax problem that's not a problem but the tax consequence that you face yeah one of the <coughs> excuse me one of the things that uh, this what i'm about to say has a number of different uh uh names um some people call it the base case traditional distribution. Uh, some people call it the Vanguard Fidelity model. Um, any of those names work, but but all but what uh, all of those have you taking non qualified uh, assets, those assets that have already been taxed, and taking those first until they're exhausted, then taking your tax deferred assets, say your four hundred one k, IRA, and so on. And then only taking Roth assets at, at the very end. That that actually produces the worst outcome. Uh, Professor DeLallo, uh, who came, comes out of the Office of Management and Budget, and he's a PhD, he's at uh, the business school at Pepperdine, and um, he calls himself the EFT math guy. So I have subscription to his, uh, uh, to his site and to his uh, software. But what Delalo uh, has, and what's very interesting, is he shows you different uh, efficient uh, income distribution strategies. But the 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 ultimate issue is how much of a legacy do you want to leave? Now that's a real issue for some people. In other right. words, they yeah they they want to leave to their kids, their grandkids. Some people don't. Some people want to spend down to the last dollar, so that distribution pattern will will be very effective for them. They will not have anything left. Their only issue is will they run out of money while they're still alive? Right. That that's is that is the number one uh, concern. Everything else uh, is is secondary. But, but to, you're uh, absolutely correct because people do <laughs> want to 
set aside legacies so that the family remembers them after they're gone and the kids college yeah. expenses are paid. So all of that builds in on top of you just making the money less. Once again, this is Joe Peters talking with Fred Sade of Money Matters USA. Fred could be reached at 908-791-3831. All this contact information will be in the podcast info for this site. Um, Fred, we probably got 15 minutes to go. And I, I looked at what you call your cliff rope notes, and each one of these <laughs> things we could talk about for an hour. Yeah, you're but right. We could. I, I I think we're going through such an erratical. I mean, we were at twenty nine thousand. Now we're at thirty one thousand, thirty two thousand again. The market was thirty six two years ago. Um, it's it's an erratic. You need some stability so you're not looking at your phone every ten minutes to see what the market is doing. And that's that true. Stability is much different once you've bitten a bullet and you're either deciding that you're going to retire at a certain point or retired already and are trying to say, "Look, there's no more additional coming in. What I've got is I got, and I got to make it last. And I want to leave the grandchildren or the kids or whatever." So that's where you take off with this situation. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what I want to do is, is sit down with with the um, individual or with the husband and wife if, if they're married or uh, if, if they're in a or it could be same gender they're in a relationship and just sit down with them and try to figure out um, how much they're going to need to enjoy in, in whatever lifestyle uh they want to keep going in 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 retirement and the issue then is the challenge is to keep them on plan and right. not panic and and a lot of people suddenly want to become tactical traders in their 401k plan <laughs> i mean yeah uh, i have i have um I use institutional software. It's very, very powerful. And um, we we show people how to reduce fees, how, uh, what are some of the alternative choices that they can use. We get into tax efficiency. Uh, what's the best distribution pattern? Uh, we also want to look at uh, what is their personal rate of inflation? Uh, now, the the inflation rate um, is is very tricky because it's a composite number. If I if we say it's eight point two percent, but that's based on inflation in different sections of the United States, right. and it's a composite number. So in some sections it could be less, and it might be less or more. It in Utah, uh, it might be less in Utah than than it is here in in New Jersey. So we're looking at a composite figure, but everybody doesn't spend their money the same way. Their, their food budget may be different. Uh, their dry cleaning may be different. Uh, maybe they don't use dry cleaning. Maybe they 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 uh, wash and press everything, whatever it might be. Um, what they spend, so you, you have to get to your own personal rate of inflation. And then when we're working with that, that that's what we have to uh, adjust. But But people panic. And that's the biggest thing. So at the beginning of, of the show, I said, you know, if you're happy with your positions, stay with them. Don't make don't make the most basic mistake that people make. And what is that? They 
they sell, they get, they panic and they sell at a low and then they buy at a high when, when the market <laughs> recovers. So they're always, they're always on the losing end of, of these transactions. You cannot beat institutional traders. So they, they trade and, and um, they use heavily use futures. Uh, most individuals are not going to use futures. They're not going to use options. You get into very, very sophisticated strategies. The um, So why use that? Why, why even bother? So it, as long as we can create portfolios uh, that, that will have limited downsides and will also give you some tax effect if, if, if you want it, uh, then that's really the best we can do. And then uh, my my red line is 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 seventy is more is seventy percent or greater of your income market dependent, and and that that's a concern for me because Social Security uh, is uh, an inflation adjusted uh, life annuity, and that's to be expected. It was the Social Security system was created by the actuaries of Metropolitan Life. What were they familiar with? They're familiar with that annuity. That's what they created. That's what Social Security actually. Uh, is so we know that we can rely on social security. If you have a pension, that's wonderful, but not many people have pensions today, and primarily they're either working for the, you know, giant one hundred uh, S and P companies, or they're working for some level of government, uh, state, federal, local. Those people are. That's wonderful when when you have uh, a pension, but most people do not today. So. For those who do not, Social Security is now serving as that pension vehicle, and then we have to layer on top of that the other sort, the other forms of income uh, that uh, that you require to, to meet whatever it is your your target goal is, and and that's an increasing uh, goal. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk about for a moment is the so so called four percent rule it's not really a rule it's 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 a set of, of guidelines uh it, it's um if you go across a bridge you'll always see that there's a barrier up uh, on the side of the bridge uh, by the walkway so that people don't fall off or jump off the the, the bridge and and so that's exactly what the four percent rule is designed uh, to do but it's a static number the four percent plus whatever inflation is, so the, your your income may go up or down depending on the inflation number. Um, it it does it does not really uh, hold up very well if you're looking at that form uh, right now. It um, it's pro it's probably under three percent or around three percent because of the. Um, uh, earnings, the interest that can be taken off a bond portfolio. The um, we we like to use buckets, and this is a direct answer to your question. Uh, we like but we like bucketing because the but we 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 make it real simple. We just use three buckets: uh, an income bucket, uh, an intermediate growth bucket, and a long-term growth bucket. And and that's a very simple way. To think about it in the intermediate, we we put real estate or or, or REITs or anything else you may own that uh, that doesn't quite fit into the basic uh, three buckets. It's very simple for people to to understand, and uh, and it's basic. It basically is is um, it's basically what my mother used to do. She she had jaws. 
she she had the the old bell jars and she put the money in there uh, for taxes the money in there for uh for, for rent when we lived in a in a, in a uh, co-op apartment uh in money in there for uh food money in there for uh my my father's allowance for the week my <laughs> allowance <laughs> wow uh, and but that that works for people. They they can understand bucketing. The other alternative uh, would is our ladders. You, you, it's easy to build a ladder. Uh, we usually have multiple rungs: a a, a one year, uh, two year, three year, four, five, eight, nine, ten, and and then uh, you can make decisions as to whether or not you want to redo the ladder or take the money out, use it for income, and so on. Either, either one of those strategies. Uh, works uh, as long as we we make the the proper uh, adjustment and we limit losses. If we can't limit losses, then this becomes a theoretical uh, conversation. Now we we encourage people to have a brokerage account and also to uh, if they want to take a flyer, take the flyer in the brokerage account. We want we want to have some capital gains. Uh, income in there because because it, it's taxed at a rate that's technically lower uh, than than the uh, income tax rate, but you have to be very careful because uh, you know as I said earlier, once once you get Social Security in the mix, then the capital gains actually will will actually the, one of the impacts of the uh, of the tax torpedo is to actually convert capital gains back into ordinary income, and that's too complicated. <laughs> to try to explain in this conversation. But if anybody is interested, uh, I can actually show you uh, how that that actually uh, happens. So you have to be very, very careful because the tax code gets very, very uh, tricky uh, with, with that Social Security component uh, in there. And I'm hoping that uh, there's three bills which together are, are being called CARES Act 2.0. I'm hoping that it will be passed uh, at least in the lame duck session, and and that that will give us uh, uh, some help on 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 the required minimum distributions, and it it also may give us some help with Social Security, uh, maybe not uh, inflation adjusting the 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 uh, uh, income points where Social Security becomes taxable. But but uh, but there is talk about moving those those up. I mean, those were set uh, under Reagan and Clinton, and those it's a long time ago. But there are some realistic things that I'm hopeful that uh, can Good. be done with Social Security. Encouraging, Fred. I think we could sit here and talk for hours, but our time has <laughs> come up. Uh, okay. Once again, I'm Joe Peters, a Coldwell Banker. I do residential real estate across Hunter and Somerset. And Fred's going to interview me in two weeks, and I'll put that up when. Uh, we have that done, but Fred's of Money Matters USA, based in New Jersey, 908-791-3831. And as he said, you don't really need to be local. He obviously has a wealth of talent, but more important than talent is experience in helping people get through what we're discussing here. And if you'd like to reach Fred, I've known him for several years, reach out to him directly, and uh, he'd be more than happy to help. So, Fred, I'm going to end the recording here. Fred, thank you for the tremendous insight in the 45 minutes we've spent together. 
Fred can be located at Money Matters USA. I'm going to put all of his contact information in the uh, podcast post. But let me give you his phone number just in case you're just listening in. 908-791-3831. Feel free to get in touch with Fred directly. He's the the Managing Director at Money Market USA. And he'd welcome any inquiries. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker sales associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.